from the Bible today. Is that all right? Okay, good. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I'm just, this, this is going to be the main part of my message. You know, I don't keep you a long time today. But Ecclesiastes chapter 12, two verses of Scripture that I'm going to look at, verse 13 and verse 14. It says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of our life. Because that's what he's talking about, time, life. So let's look at conclusion of our life. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So what has God entrusted into us? A great responsibility, and that is what? To fear the Lord and to obey the Lord. That's what we are trustees of. Great responsibility. But look at the next verse. The next verse says, For God shall bring every, everybody say every, every work into judgment. Now this is scary. With every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil, nothing's hid from God. You can go home today, turn out the lights, go inside your closet, no one else be there, and God sees you. Whatever you say, whatever you do inside of that room, God sees you. That's the reason why I've made it very clear. You don't have to only be at this altar to repent and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be in this building. You need to be here in time because you need the support and you need to hear preaching and teaching and stuff. But I'm talking about this initial receiving of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can be in your shower. And hopefully that's only you there. So you can be in the shower by yourself, no one else there. And you can start to talk to God and repent. And in that shower, God can come into that shower and fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because God's everywhere. In your darkest moment, even this thing with the Alverson families going through and them and the Thompson families going through, here's the reality of the matter. God's right there. Tosis Gala Alberson, that I texted back to her because she said, I'm going through a very difficult time. I said, guess what? There's never going to be a moment that God's not there. So when you're going through those things, remember, sis, all you really have to do is just say, God, I need you right now. You're going to have to help me, God, because we don't go through anything without God being there. God is with us at all times. Yet in all of those things, God then has still even though he's there and he knows all things, he's still entrusted into our hands a great responsibility. It's our salvation. My salvation is in my own hands, folks. Look at that verse again. It says, For God shall call in to bring into every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Another one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, for we must all appear. Everybody say all. all. Look at your neighbors say, that's you. <laughs> you know, the other day I set a doctor's appointment. They set one with me because of all the things I went through just recently and they're wanting to do the follow-up and blood tests and all that stuff and those blood suckers. Anyway, <laughs> taking the blood and all those things again. You have to go through that a lot, huh, sis? Yeah, they want her to do it almost every week, but and they set up an appointment. Well, things came up and I couldn't do it. Guess what? I was able just to call up and say, I won't be there today. 
and put off them sticking a needle in me again. So, uh, but guess what? This is one appointment you're not going to cancel. Guess what? This is one appointment you, for those who are habitually late, <clears throat> we won't go there, but eventually late, you won't even be late for this appointment. Because whatever time he has appointed, you're going to be there. You're going to show up whether you want to be there or not. You are going to be there. For it says, for he shall bring every work into judgment with every seeker thing in, in, in Ecclesiastes. And then he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, everybody say his body. That's what your trustee over. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your trustee. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or evil. You know, this is the great thing I like about this, is I don't have to give an account for what you do. As a pastor, I have to try to help, and I will give an account Bible talks about I'm going to be called into account for you and what I have done in regards to today, giving you the word of God and teaching and preaching and praying for you and ministering to you and visiting in the hospital and doing the things I do. I'm going to be given account for that. That's in the word of God. That's my responsibility. But the reality of the matter is I'm not going to have to give an account on judgment day for the decisions that you have made. And I love that because then that means no one can make you go to hell. It's your responsibility. Somebody's saying, man, pastor, couldn't you do a little better message today? All I can do is pray and preach what the Lord gave me today. Can I take you another one? Acts chapter 17. I've only got two more portions of scripture here that we read then and a couple of more. I'm not going to speak long, but Acts chapter 17. It's very sobering thought today. Trustees of our salvation. Acts chapter 17. I'm going to read uh, from starting with verse number 27 of Acts chapter 17 today. Acts 17, 27 says this, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him. Why? Though, as I said before, he be not far from every one of us. Does anybody want to know where God is? Just do this. You want to know where God is? Do this. He's an omnipresent spirit. He's everywhere. Guess what? Right now, you wouldn't even have to verbally say anything. You just think it. Right now in this house, you wouldn't even have to yell out, Oh, God, I need you. Just in your mind right now, you can be thinking, Lord, I really need you to help me right now, and I really need you to leave. And guess what? He even knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart, the Word of God says. That's, that's how close God is. He's right here with you, folks. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good to know he's that close. Now look at this. Though he be not far from everyone, for in him we live. Can I hear an amen? amen? We live and we move and we have our being as certain also of your own prophet, prophet, uh, poets have said. For we are also his offspring. 
There we go. He's made us. We are the offspring. Oh, my. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorant God winked at, but now commandeth all men. Again, everybody say all men. Guess that includes all of us. Hey, guess what? That word men there also means women. <laughs> so women, you don't get the exclusion today. All men means all humanity. All humanity what? Everywhere to repent. But pastor, why? Well, thank you for asking because verse number 31 gives you your answer. <laughs> because. Because why? He hath an appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. I have hope today. Why? Because the grave couldn't keep Jesus Christ. We are about to celebrate this week, yes, Christmas. And that's the birth of Jesus Christ. But guess what? Thank God that it wasn't just the birth. It was also the cross of Calvary and the death of Jesus Christ. We have hope today. And every one of us have a hope that when we meet Jesus, it's not going to be a sad countenance you're going to see on the face of Jesus Christ. As he sits there and has to say, depart from me. But everybody in this house today has an opportunity by the fact you are here and hearing this message. You have an opportunity as the trustees of your salvation to be able to get some things right with God because he's calling all individuals to repentance. Or he's calling all of us to get our relationship right with God and get things out that's separating us. from. Can I hear a witness today? To get these things out so then when on that judgment day and that appointed time you're not going to miss then you're going to have him say well done. Well done thou good and faithful servant. Come on enter into the joy of the Lord. Come on work. I want you to come in. Why? Because you've been a good trustee of what I put into your hands. That's your life. You took a good job. Did a good job of doing what I asked you to do. Second Timothy 4 and 1 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Again, I'm, today I'm preaching and I'm almost done here. I'm preaching about trustees of our salvation. This accountability before God is a fact founded in the word of God and in reality, folks. This Bible makes it very clear you're going to be held responsible for your life. I'm not just making something up today. I've already showed you where he's going to call us into account of everything. And in this word of God, it's every one of us is going to be called into account. If I may, as a minister today, recommend to you that you don't postpone. That you don't postpone getting some things right with God. 2019 will be a good year for you to get things right with God. <laughs> no, no, I'll wait to 2020. It's a scary thing to do to say I'll wait till 2020 because we may not have a later date. Here's reality. We may not even have this evening. 
Well, you say, well, the Lord's not going to come today. Number one, you don't know that to be a fact. And number two is, that may not matter to you. There's a young man that went to this church many, many years ago, and he was going to Bible school. Bishop knows who I'm talking about. Went to Bible school for quite a while. He went on a fast and stayed in that office up here in the corner for a little bit, and went on a long fast and everything. Then he moved from here and went to the Salem church, was in the church there at that Salem church, and, and all the best of my knowledge, he was doing well and living for God, and everything was well, but then he left church that day and got on his motorcycle and was just going to head home, but he never even made it home. Never made it home. Somebody hit him on that motorcycle and killed that young man. He never even made it home. What are you saying? We don't have a guarantee of this evening. And let me tell you something. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to bring us reality today. Because I don't try to scare people to the altar, scare people to God, because then you'll be scared away from something else. If it's emotions that only brings you, then emotions will drive you away another time. But I'm just trying to tell you there is a reality that you might not have it. See, every one of us will give an account to God for what God has put into our trust. And thank God that we have an opportunity. I said, thank God we have an opportunity. I said, thank God we have an opportunity today. We have an opportunity today to get things right so that we don't have to give an accounting only on that judgment day. I would like to, as I wrap this up here, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 says, 1 Peter 4 and 17 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin. What does it say? For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Let it begin here. I'm going to tell you what, I would rather God judge me now than to judge me then. And I hope you're praying the same thing. God, if there's something I'm doing that's not right, I I don't want you to just let me go my way and let me have my own way. Since what I have is yours, as the owner of this, I want you to talk to this trustee of my salvation and deal with me. God, if there's something I'm saying or doing or places I'm going you're not happy with, I hope you'll come and deal with me. And that's why it's really important for you to get to the house of God. Why? Because when you come to the house of God, this is where we're focusing on God and we're able to get our minds on God. And that's what worship is all about. It's not entertainment. The worship today, and they did an excellent job today, but the worship, what, is to get our minds set on God so that we can now what? Focus on getting things right with God or do our job as trustees of our salvation today. Says what? For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And the next verse says, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Well, pastor, you know, I'm going to give it, you know, 50%. I'm going to, you know, 
when I get a chance, I'll come to church. When I get a chance, I'll read my Bible. When I get a chance, I'll, I'll pray. And, you know, and I'll, I'll, do, you know, I'll do something good this season. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give a dollar to the homeless downtown. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'll do these little things. But, folks, why do we want to risk not making it to heaven? Some people say, well, there's a great price to live for God. Okay. What price is so great that it's not going to be worth it when you hear him say, well done? Tell me what I would have to give up or what I'm going to have to surrender in this life that's not going to be worth giving up when I hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You ready? Heaven's going to be cheap at any price. Heaven is a, at a discount price for everybody in the house because, folks, if you give your entire life, that's nothing compared to eternal life. This is a very sobering thought today, and we're going, we're going to stand, folks, before God someday and give an account of everything we've done. And I believe God is going to give us the ability at that time. Some of us, has anybody else you know, kind of struggling with your memory now? Like, yeah. Can anybody else, is it just this old man on the platform? Okay, so I'm not the only one. At times I'm like, okay, I know I can see their face, but I can't think of the name. Anybody? Yeah. But I believe on that day, I believe God's going to somehow touch our minds. We're going to remember our deeds. We're going to remember our words. I believe all those things are just going to come back to us because God's going to be able to remind us of all of those things. They're going to thank God that those things that are sin and stuff will not be coming up before us again if they've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and they are hidden from God's view and from your view. I believe God's going to cover those things that, that he's covered with his blood. They're going to be covered, and they're not going to come back to my thoughts because God's not going to remember them or hold them against me because they're not written in the book talked about in Revelation. That's gone. Guess what? Today is a day for you to get some things erased out of that book of life. The Bible says that on the, at the end of this whole thing, he's going to write all this stuff down in a book and he's going to recall to us what's written in the book of life. It's talked about in Revelation. Today is a day where you can have God flip over his pencil, pull out the eraser, and erase some things off of your book and let it be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ so God will no longer remember those things. You can say, oh, wait a minute, Pastor. You don't know what I did this week. I don't care what you've done this week. Well, you don't understand what I said and what I did. And Man, I did this and this, and it's really bad. Yeah, it may be really bad, but the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is so strong. Cover every sin, a multitude of sin, and wash you whiter than snow. Can I hear an amen in the house? Now, here's the bad part about this. Some things we won't be able to forget. Some things we remember of those things that we did, but thank God, God forgets those things. The Word of God says He forgets those things. He covers those things. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. But according to Peter, let that judgment begin where? Where are you today? You're here. You're in the house of God today. You're here today. Peter also mentioned that what that judgment would, would be associated with. 
Do you see the latter part of that verse? Put that verse back up there. He does a great job. Sherman does an excellent job. Thank you, Sherman, for the great job you do with our media. I appreciate it. He's there and on it. But if you look at verse 17, look at verse 17. It says, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Obeying the gospel of God. So what is the gospel of God? Damon, you need to come to the keyboard and give these folks some hope here today as I wrap this up. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is laid out really, really clear in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You may want to turn there because you may not believe I'm really telling the truth. But it's right in the word of God. It's Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. This is what the whole cross of Calvary and the death of Jesus Christ had to do with. Is this verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, let me turn right there, says this, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Oh, we heard that word before, didn't we? We heard that word repent in regards to getting things right. And as we, as the trustees of our salvation, it talked about some things we needed to do. And he said before we get to that judgment, he's calling all individuals to, to repent. And wow, here it is, again. So in the rest of the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes says what? Every deed is going to be called into account. But look now at this verse of Scripture here. It says that Peter saith unto them, Repent and be baptized. What's repentance? It's turning away. They used to use that word repent even regards to the military and they'd say repent well what they were doing is they'd walk and they'd say repent and so then they'd spin around go in the opposite direction because that's what repentance is it's a godly sorrow but it, it's not just saying hey God I'm sorry and then tomorrow going back to exactly what we did before it's a change of lifestyle it's a change of what we're doing it, 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 but, but pastor that's really difficult you're right it is difficult but you know what makes it easier is the rest of this verse. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what we've got right over here behind this beautiful little nativity. And thank God for our decorators. Don't they do such a great job? I love to come in here and turn all the lights on and leave all those lights off because it just looks so festive in here. So great. You ladies do an excellent job. But right behind this, guess what we have right behind this nativity scene? We have water there's a baptismal behind the curtain. Behind curtain number one is a baptismal tank. And guess what? It's available for baptism. What? So we can obey Acts 2.38. What? Baptize in Jesus' name. Why? For the remission of sins and ye shall receive. Ye shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. God on the inside, folks. Well, wait a minute, preacher man. That, you, you said something crazy there. You said baptize in Jesus' name. Only way you can be baptized. Say, so that's, that's not true. Really? Well, maybe you should look at Acts 8 and 10 and 9. You should go look at all those chapters and see how they were baptized. 
Even the Gentile, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, look at that last verses, 44 through 48, and look at it. You're going to find out this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Why? Because he's the owner of what you've been, the trustee made of, this right here, your life and your salvation. So since I want to be a part of the family of God, you know what I want to do? I want to take on the name of our God. And the name of our God is? Come on, I can't hear you. Who was it that came to that little city of Bethlehem? It was wrapped in that flesh and then it was wrapped inside those swaddling clothes. And who was it that was laid in that manger? Who was it? It was the almighty God of heaven coming down, wrapping himself in flesh, and they called his name Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to say it nice and loud. Why? Then because his name is Jesus, they said he's going to be Emmanuel. Why? Why is he going to be Emmanuel? God with us? You understand what's being, I, I don't have time to give you a deep theological discord today, discourse today, but listen to me. This is what's going on. I take on the name of Jesus in the waters of baptism. I go down and I'm buried with him in Christ and arise as a new individual in Christ. And now I have the name of Jesus on me, so I'm one of Jesus' family. But you ready? The almighty God of heaven came down inside of that flesh named Jesus. And guess what he does when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The same God comes down inside of this flesh as it came down inside of that flesh. And he dwells inside of us called the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, the greatest gift you're ever going to get is going to be when God comes on the inside of you. And you begin to speak in tongues and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Can somebody shout amen? Could we stand? You know, it was a very unfortunate thing that happened on Wednesday. Very regrettable, and it's, it's a very sobering thing. And I, I've been thinking about a lot. Thinking about this a whole, whole lot, folks. Guarantee you that, and again, I, I've been communicating with her and been working. We were hoping. I, I, I really felt like, you know, that we were going to be able to, she'd be able to be here in time. I really felt that was going to happen. I, I really believed that was going to happen. And I'm not judging her in, in anything regards that. She's, her life is in God's hand. He will do what he does with her because judgment's not something I'm going to do. But I'm just saying, I think, I think that it would have been great for her to have been here in the house of God and to have been a part of this family of God here. But you think about this. I've thought about this day. What if that had been your bank that you patronized? What if that had been you that you just happened to have gone in that day at your bank and that individual had chosen your bank to go to? Could have happened. Just happened, you are the one standing in line, minding your own business, not doing anything, not saying anything, absolutely doing nothing. And then because of all the mental issues and the drugs that were working in his body, does what he does. And I don't want to get into all that, but I'm just saying, what if that incident had happened to you? Could have happened to us. It's a very sobering thing. 
And then in that moment in time, we're then moved from this life to the next life. And then all of a sudden, we're called into account as the trustees of my salvation. God, this is the beauty about this. I'm not going to be judged by the popular opinion of the religious world. And you ready? You're not even going to be judged by our guidelines here at the Palace of Praise. This is what you're going to be judged by. It's right here. This is it. And we're trying to preach, teach, and live by this book the best of our ability. But this is what you're going to be judged by is right here. The owner is going to take this thing and look at you and say, as the trustee of your salvation, how did you do according to my manual? Because trustees of a board, they have guidelines they have to follow in regards to the corporation and the oversight of it. And we're the same way. We have guidelines right here. So I'd ask you today, what are you going to do with your life? We're wrapping up the end of 2019. We're about to go into 2020. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions that you'll forget by January the 3rd. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut down on how much I eat. That don't even last all day on January the 1st. Can I get a witness in the house? Well, I'm not going to drink so much coffee until the night of January the 1st. And you're drinking more coffee. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions that we are going to forget. I spoke on Wednesday night about the two destinations, heaven and hell. Here's the fact. You are the trustee of your eternal destination. Is there anyone in this house today you're You'd like to talk to him about where you're going to spend eternity? I can only preach and I can only pray. You're the trustee of your own salvation today. It's you who's got to make the decision. I can't make it for you. Get this, the devil can't keep you out of heaven. Doesn't have the power. He can aggravate you and do all things kind of things to you, but he can't keep you out of heaven. Your enemies, if you have any, they can't keep you out of heaven either. Your spouse may be, you think, a nut. Hard to live with. Well, guess what? Your spouse can't keep you out of heaven. If you make up your mind, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it to heaven. And I'm going to serve God and I'm going to do it as a trustee of your salvation. Today is a good day in the house of God to get some things right with God. I'm going to open these altars and I'm going to ask everyone who would like to come down today. I think there's some people in this house today who need to reaffirm some things to God today. There may be some individuals in this house. It's been a while since you've really been really been talking to God and really allowed God to work in your life. As the trustees of your salvation of your life today, I encourage you to talk to God today. Well, how do I pray, preacher? You talk to God just like you talk to me today or any other individual. Just begin to communicate with God. Where's it begins? Let it start with repentance today. 
Maybe you need to ask God to forgive you of some things. Come on, God loves you. He loves you enough to give you another day. He loves you enough to let you be in the house of God and hear this sermon today. He loves you enough to say, hey, I'm reaching for you today. I'm wrapping my arms around you today. God's drawing you to Him. It's not by accident you're in the house today. It's the love of God that's working on you today. Come on, we need to pray. Church, we need to pray. Come on, we need to pray. We need to pray for one another. We need to lift up the hands of some people today. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, make your calling and election sure today. Come on, God loves you. You're in a good place today. You're among people that love you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I need some people really to seek God today. Eternity is in the balance today. Heaven and hell is in the balance today. Where are you going to spend eternity today? It's up to you as the trustee of your own soul. Come on, reach out to God right now. Come on, lift your voice and talk to God right now. Come on, saints of God, we need some of you to be praying with other individuals that are in the midst of a battle. They need you to pray for them. Come on. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. Lord, my life is not my own. Just to you I belong Lord, I give myself I give myself to you Lord, my life is not my own To you I belong Lord, I give myself Give my 